Welcome back, folks, to another episode of Business from the Bass Boat on the Serious Angler Network, powered by X2 Power. And guys, today we've got an awesome show lined up. We're starting to get into that fall season. <clears throat> Fish are putting on the feed bags. It should be a, a fantastic season, as it always seems to be this time of year. Uh, legs are starting to turn over, and the fishing gets fantastic. So I encourage you, if you're not in the woods, chasing critters around, get out, um, go chase some big ones. But on today's show... I'm really, really interested to have this conversation because it's something that I have interest in just with what I do outside of the podcast and fishing is on the finance side of things um, and specifically the lending side in the bass boat world. And um, so without further ado, we'll bring in Todd. Todd is the founder of Rec Lending. Um, I'm sure you guys have seen this before. Uh, it's been on some boats. I've seen it places, but just talking, talking lending when it comes to bass boats and just how this all works in the market love to to get a breakdown from him and go from there so let's see if we can get todd in here how's it going todd hey adam how are you doing really well excited uh excited just for the the rest of the season here we had talked a little off air you're about ready to go chase some big small mouth around it's time it's the time of <laughs> the year it's time Man, so you're going to be, you were talking a little bit, uh, northern northern Michigan. So how are you going to catch those fish this time of the year as you as you get into right before stuff starts getting uh, really, really cold? Well, I, if it's like last week, I caught them all on a big stick with a jig. And, wow, a football jig? No, just a, just a plain old swim jig. And, no way. And they, it, just, it had to be laying on the bottom, and they just – it. And they take the rod out of your hand. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. I hope that I hope the bike continues that way. But, but, oh, it's just so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. And those things too. There's nothing better than, especially because so many times when we're chasing smallmouth, right? It's like light line, spinning rod, you know, dragging you around the boat, all this kind of stuff. When you can have that window of twenty pound and and cracking them with a with a big stick, like that is that is some fun stuff. Well, there's a, there, I'm not going to tell you where I caught them, but sure. But they, I mean, they were in, they were in four foot of water and in lots of them. I mean, lots oh, of man. them. And matter of fact, I think there's a, 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 a camera crew and one of the more, one of the more favorite fishing shows is up there beating on my fish right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. So, oh, geez. So I'm sure that I'm sure, I don't think he'll show anybody, but I, it'll it'll still be a good show. Be, be ready to prepared to to see some big ones being caught. That's yep. what you're saying. Awesome, awesome. Well, Todd, uh, thanks for coming on and talking wreck lending. Uh, something we've gone into bass boat insurance stuff on this show. We've gone into bass boat sales in general, electronic sales, kind of everything around this space. And I'm just curious how some of this finance stuff comes to be and, and what guys are looking for and what they should be looking for when financing a boat. But um, I guess to start things off, let's talk about how it all started for you. Where did the, the idea come for rec lending and, and how did it all begin? Well, the, the, when I got out of high school, <clears throat> I knew, like everybody else, I started fishing with dad and, and I was hooked and in through college, I started. I started college with the thought that I was going to be a, a an architect. Okay, don't giggle, but yeah. Hey, and I've got a friend that's a very successful architect, so I'm. I'm. I, I got gotcha. you. It didn't take me long to figure out though that I was not meant to sit behind a desk. Sure. And, and actually, I had a theories of matrices teacher pull me aside one day and he says, "You need some discipline in your life. You should join the military." <laughs> that afternoon i joined the marine corps and no way you no said, i did okay and asked my wife to marry me at the same time uh, wow. but, uh don't do that by the way don't that is conversation so wait so which one went first did you tell her that you're joining the military or I that told, you're I, I said i told her i said jody i said i've joined the marine corps and we're getting married I didn't even ask her and I paid 38 years in now. And, and she reminds me of that daily. <laughs> wow. That's fantastic. But, but, but even then I fishing was a fishing for me was a passion. And I just, I don't that even everywhere we went in the Marine Corps, I mean, I still fished. And when I got out, I knew that I had to find a way 
to make a living in the fishing world. And back then it was the, the money that's in the sport now is not, wasn't there then. And so you had to, so you had to win your way through things in order to afford to do it. And, and for as much as I enjoyed it, I just wasn't that talented. I mean, and, and, and didn't have somebody with deep pockets helping me. So that, I did everything that I could to stay in the industry and around the industry and still be able to fish. And uh, and I'm not going to lie. I mean, we were broke a lot of the time because I spent money fishing. And and when we started, just before we started Breck Lending, I was the champion bass boat rep. Okay. So, so my territory was, was down and through Indiana and Ohio, all the way over to, to uh, New England. And it was huge. And I mean, back then, or at that time anyway, I mean, the reps were 100% commission and your expenses were yours. And I mean, we literally spent our entire savings to make this thing work. And then the, then Genmar, who was the parent company for, for Rangers, Stratus, Champion, all of them. Yeah, all that at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, one day we woke up and they were bankrupt and wow. and uh, we were broke. I didn't have, I mean, we were just trying to make ends meet. And, and I guess like anybody, I sat down one day with my wife and I said, what, what, what do we have that we can capitalize on or maybe make into something? And, and I, I'd worked at dealerships. Uh, the last dealership I worked at paid me through the finance office I was the general manager there, a big bass boat dealer here in Michigan. Okay. So I understood the finance world. So I had some knowledge um, and I had all these dealers that, that I had a relationship with that, 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 that transcended the champion. I mean, we were friends. I mean, I mean, in the fishing world, there's more friends than there are business partners. And this was, this was no different. Right. So, I'll never forget it. I, I was sitting at one of my dealers and my phone rang and the dealer said to me, he says, he said, I've got this guy, a boat that I'd sold him. He said, I've got this guy. He, he, he wants this boat. They, we're having, we're having trouble getting finance. Would you look at the deal? And I said, sure. So he sends me all the stuff and figured it out. Ended up getting it sent to the lender, got the guy approved, got the boat sold. And I won't tell you the dealer's name, but he said, you know, you ought to do this for a living. I said, I did for a long time. He said, no, he said, you gotta do it for dealers for a living. And I thought, you know what? That's an idea. Mm. So, uh, I mean, there, there, there isn't a, uh, there's not a format for this and there wasn't anything that I could copy and there wasn't anything that we could, that we could, we could buy off the shelf. So we started just, making making it up as we went along and and i don't mean it i don't i don't mean that half haphazardly but you had to there's the, we had to find the softwares we had to find the the means of communication we had to find the you know the, all the little pieces and procedures that go into place to make it what it, to make a deal go go from a distance and at that point the, the remote was was I mean, everybody, remote was the flicker on the TV. Nobody knew what working remotely was. So we started with some dealers and fumbled our way through it. And as we as we began to develop the dealer stuff, more guys and more folks, the Basketball Central, Texas Fishing Forum, I mean, Facebook was just coming on, um, all of a sudden guys were reaching out and they weren't, their dealer wasn't able to help them. And so I had to try and find a way that we could, that we could do these, that we could help these guys that were buying a boat either from a dealer or from an individual or just to facilitate the deal. And I say this with the, with probably with humbleness, I, this industry is very, very, very important to me. And every one of those guys, Every one of us has the same vision, standing up on the stage, holding a great big check 
and and that's their dream. And yeah. it's my job to 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 move it to the next level. It's my job to move it to the next place. Well, he may never. Ninety percent of the guys that we deal with are never going to make a living fishing. Sure, but I, I I won't be the dream killer. I'll be the guy that tries to make it as as easy for him as I can. So, yeah. So so we started approaching banks in. 90% of them, I mean, bankers are odd ducks anyway, but but 90% of them would, would literally look at you cross-eyed like, you can't do that. Why would We can't protect our interests. We can't get you know, thousands and thousands of, of excuses they gave me. But slowly but surely, one or two of them would come on. One or two of them would get the vision. One or two of them would, would, would trust me. The, the the issue of trust comes because typically with a normal boat deal from a dealership, okay. the dealership, the dealership has the product. The dealership is the funded entity. So he gets the monies that for the contract is sent to the dealer to pay that boat off. Okay. okay. When you take just some, some bald knucklehead in Michigan <laughs> who doesn't do, didn't have the assets at the time to, to, to underwrite it. Somebody had trust us in, and before we know it, uh, we had in 2008. It was ugly. I mean, it was really ugly. But yeah, I mean, you're starting a you're starting a, a a lending company when the housing crisis is occurring, right? Banks are going under, tightening up completely. I no. mean, that is, uh, and, and so uh, not to backtrack too much, but when you basically when the company you worked for went bankrupt, as far as reps boat mm-hmm. reps that kind of a thing i mean that was all was that tied to that same recessionary period of just oh yeah stuff was oh, going yeah. down I mean, it, deal, it, I mean dealers were interest rates on the floor plan floor plan is how dealers boats are financed okay and it, the interest rates were going up um they were being they were being very pointed in how they checked inventories and and dealt with inventories and 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 dealers just couldn't keep up with it. And interest on a on on inventory for a dealer is always is always a big cost of doing business. But as that interest goes up and they're not selling as many, it becomes it becomes crippling. And and so and even more so on the manufacturer side because. Now the dealer can't afford to buy more. Now he's not going to replace things quicker. He's going to, he's looking for instant. If, if I can sell this boat today. You got it stock and ship it to me, that kind of stuff. And manufacturers aren't set up to work that way. And, so and it, sorry to catch up just to explain that a little better for, for folks. So, and that's something that I didn't, didn't really understand until I kind of got into some of these conversations with dealers. Yep. Everything is done um, on a finance perspective, right? So the longer that that deal sits, you're paying interest on everything. Uh, on that boat, everything to then go ahead and sell it. Um, so that's you're saying that's that same way on the manufacturing side as well. Oh, absolutely. And, and everything absolutely. is is is, and so when rates go up, right? Like that that expense, as we all know, I mean, interest rates. It's it's a each percentage you go up, it's a significant difference in your in your payment. And, I literally had dealers that were that that their floor plan companies had taken them to almost two points, which is two percent each month. So month. each month in in so and that's honestly that's kind of what that's kind of what my what our mindset was when we started. This would be a way for the dealers to get a chance or have an opportunity to get more stuff going. And 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 move things along quicker, and and by doing that, it also helps the manufacturers so they can build more. And and we had altruistic uh, uh, plans in our head, and it has evolved, obviously. Sure. But but um, what I what even though it was two thousand and eight, what what we found out was that there was more need for what we were doing in the bad time than we ever thought. I mean, dealers wanted help. They needed help. They, the, the, the guys that were looking to the guy that normally would have went to his local credit union to borrow, borrow money. Now that credit union's not doing boats. Cause guess what? We're in the middle of a recession. Sure. And, and, and now he can't buy that boat. He's, he's, he saved five years to get the down payment for or whatever. And, 
it, 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 to be honest, it kind of snowballed on us. And, in even though it was, even though it was ugly in, in everyone around us, the rates were going up and, and, and dealers were going out of business, manufacturers were going out of business, everybody getting bought up. I mean, um, I remember Gary, Gary Klaus started, Gary and I were, or it's still, I consider Gary a very close friend, but at the time he was starting Phoenix. Wow. And we were, we went and drove, went and drove one of his new boats in Ohio. Uh-huh. And I remember the conversation was, I, I said, what are we going to do? And he said, he looked at me and he goes, what else can we do? We're in the boat business. We've got to either make boats, sell boats and finance boats. He said, so <laughs> what are we going to do? I said, well, you're right. It, and it, and he was right. We didn't have a choice. We just had to had to keep going. And and yeah, I think the fact that that yeah, either myself or Gary, the time that you spend in an industry and the people that you meet in the industry and the folks that you get to you get to befriend in an industry, I think that's what got you through the tough the tough stuff. And mm-hmm. and I don't know. So from there, from there, our business branched in two different directions. So right. our, so our, our, our business model has two income streams. Okay. So we, we, we have the dealer business where we are the dealer's remote finance source. So just like anyone else, you, you go into a boat dealership or a car dealership or whatever it is. And you go into the finance office and you make arrangements with the with the finance guy to, to finance whatever it is. We do that remotely for dealers all over the country. I right? see. And, and, and this is all boat dealers, bass boats specifically? Every like where did it go from? You from- know, bass boats are ninety percent of what we do. Oh wow. And, Very cool. And it's not that we don't do the other stuff, but I that that's it's what I know. It's what I understand. And I've, all of my employees, all the folks that, that work here understand that that's where our passion is. And so many of them fish. I mean, we have 20 employees and I bet 12 or 14 of them all fish in, awesome. in, they get it. I mean, so when a guy calls and, and wants to talk about his boat and he's like, he's excited and it just clicks in makes sense. Sure. But, but the other, but the other income stream was the person-to-person stuff, which was absolutely new to the business. Mm. I mean, the, the, there was no one out there that would offer. You couldn't. You could. You could find a boat from Montana in Oklahoma, but when you went to your bank to finance that, they looked at you cross-eyed like, "Not. Nah, we can't do that." And because it was this in a different place. I mean, it's such a, I mean, it's a complicated process and it's, I mean, there's titles and registrations and taxes and there's all kinds of things that, that come into that. But for whatever reason that we figured it out and we've made mistakes and we're still going to make mistakes, but typically uh, it's probably as smooth a process as you could, as you could do. I mean, wow. but in, so, and it grew and it, and it keeps growing and yeah. That's fantastic. I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, I love what I'm doing. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so really, the two streams, and to this day, right? You have your your dealers, and are, are those all over the country? Kind of a thing. Are they pretty local to you? Oh, I've, I've got, I've got. Oh, we've got dealers all over the country. I oh, mean, wow. it, we we don't do anything, obviously, non-conish. So, Alaska and Hawaii are out. Sure, um, but. And every year it grows and I anticipate we're coming into a really bad stretch mm-hmm. or, or for a country, for our economy. Yeah. And I don't anticipate you know, we've grown every year. We've grown between I'll say 10 and 14 or 15% a year. Wow. And I really am anticipating that that will, we will exceed that going into 23 because they're going to need help and and got for the first time for the first time since 2008 i'm probably in the best position to help them that i've ever been in and i've staffed for accordingly and and we'll roll up our sleeves and get it done for them and and so when you say they're going to need help uh what are you referring to there are you talking about the dealers themselves or 
the um, your client base when it comes Both. to pur- purchasing? Both. In, in, in to just to get off track just a little bit. Yeah, we're 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 poised for the perfect storm mm-hmm. economically. Sure. We're coming off of two or three years of incredible sales. So so there's dealers out there that that couldn't get enough boats. There's manufacturers who couldn't make enough boats. There are there. I mean, the product is not in the field. And there are hundreds of boat dealers that don't know any better. They don't know that that this stops, that this that this can come to a screeching halt. And there's there's equally as many folks in the manufacturing segment that don't know any better either. And and they're still building as many boats as they can build. They're still trying to sell as many boats as they can build. They're still inventorying as many boats as they can inventory. And that's going to bite us. And it's in it's not what it's uh, there's I have no hesitation saying that that is going to bite some dealers and some folks this year and some manufacturers. But. But and that's because they've 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 been in the sunshine and rainbows kind of environment, right, where sales come easy. They oh. can they can just turn and burn and go. And then therefore you're saying like they're expanding, bringing on more employees, increasing all this stuff because it's going and then it shuts cool. off. Well, manu- so the manufacturers haven't peeled back manu- the, the the their capacities yet, okay? Because they're still they're still in that in that for the next six months they've still got all kinds of boats that were on order that were sold that they have to deliver yet, okay? And and the dealers, some of the dealers, I mean, again, not to, not necessarily the bass boat dealers. I'm talking the the pleasure boat and pontoon dealers, the the big boat dealers, those kind of things. Okay. The, they're worried they're not going to have stuff to sell again. So, so when the pontoon reps rep calls and says, I need an order for 30 pontoons, they say, can you get into India? Well, yeah, we think we can. And he orders them. I don't know. Is that, is that buyer and the market is going to be there next year? I don't anticipate that it's going to be, I think it's going to be a whole lot different. And then that, that, that 15 pontoons that the dealer didn't sell, he's paying interest on in, that's a big number and in it's it's just gonna it and then as those prices diminish like i anticipate that they will that 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 spills over into the guy that wants to buy one who can't get his local bank to finance it so i see lots of dealers reaching out for help my 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 dealer inquiries now are probably up 50 percent for the past three months so dealers are already reaching out asking for help and the person to person stuff is 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 starting to have a different look to it. I found mm-hmm. this boat. I got to get it tomorrow. Um, it's going to be gone. It's done. And now it's am I getting a better? Am I? This looks like a good buy p- compared to the past eight months. What can we do? With, so they're looking at stuff in September, October, November. So I'm sure. sorry, I didn't mean to. They didn't. No, mean to, no, that's that's. <laughs> That's what this show is about. Uh, that's that was incredible. I mean, so to me, like something that I just relate to, maybe more so just from a personal level, right? Like I, I've been here recently looking at investment properties and more on the real estate side of things. And so, like, right, it's it's become a lot more of a buyer's market. Like for a while there, it's a seller's market completely. Um, I mean, you had to come in way over asking to buy a place, uh, at least in our market here in Colorado, and then. Now that's starting to shift, right? And it's much the general population on who can afford a home. Interest rates have gone up tremendously um, from what they were at. So therefore, your buying power gets declined from a lending perspective. But you're, because of that, there's a lot less people buying homes. Market's starting to come back and you're able to come in and, like you said, get a deal. And, and I think that's the same way in the bass boat world. I mean, it was crazy there, right? I mean, used boats were selling for astronomical numbers. Um, it was very hard to, to buy a boat because it was so competitive to get a boat and supply chain issues and all that stuff. But you're basically anticipating and starting to already see that that stuff's kicking back, right? Oh, it's that, changing. It's that, changing. That folks can say, hey, you know, this is a good deal now. Like I'm willing to, to not go and pay overpriced to, to go get it tomorrow. A big, a big piece of what we do too is, is we field lots of calls a day and, and lots of guys are looking at stuff. They got questions about how the financing works and those kind of things, but we, but, but 
we help guide them through the the through the buy. I mean, it, it, it every day somebody will come in and, I, and they're paying way too much money for a boat. And mm. I granted it's their money and they're welcome to do it if they want to. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to tell them I think he's paying too much for the boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and, I, and that's not to protect the lender or protect us. That's just for him. I mean, for crying out loud. I mean, yeah, that's just that's just you saying, hey, look, man, you do what you want at the end of the day. But like. A little high, a little high priced. Yeah. Well, in, in, inevitably, we talk to hundreds of folks a week that that are looking to buy a boat. They have one they, that they need to sell, or that they that you know. So all the all the the loan processors keep a list of stuff that's out there, and and you know, we're an odd bunch of ducks fishermen. So there's that guy that wants to have a, an all red. 521 with a yeah on it and so they keep lists of them and try to we try to keep that try to keep that moving for them so i got it so you're saying like a little internal list of guy of oh yeah boats that guys are maybe looking at selling and you're like oh guys look at like that's that's awesome i mean that's like a a, a, in any sales group like a maybe real estate guys who are like hey you know, this might be a situation that I'm interested in or, or, or that kind of a thing too. Oh yeah. Or the, the, all the deal, all our dealers will call me and they don't let me do any deals anymore. They don't let me finance anything anymore. They don't even look, they want to give me a rate book, but. <laughs> what, do, what do you mean? They won't, they won't let you, they won't let you buy a boat you're saying, or what do you mean? Oh, they won't, the, the, the processors in the, in all the, all my employees won't let me won't let me work a deal anymore. So oh, all, I get, I, to do, all I get to do is talk on the phone and, and put out fires and, and whatever. So all the dealers will call me when they get a boat coming that they know is going to be one that we can move. And they'll call and say, I'm sending you a picture of the boat. I just got, I'm in it really, really right. Can you get it gone for me by tomorrow or by Tuesday or by whatever? So it's fun. Wow. It really is fun. That's fun stuff. Oh, I love looking at bass boats. It's a problem. Um, I bought a Phoenix over this last year and it was like a seventh month era for me of just looking and looking at deals all over. It's just a, it's a fun thing, right. To hunt deals down and, and look for something and find a, find a situation where you can buy right. And in that kind of a situation, you know, this year's boat, I just ordered my 47th one. Wow. And, and I've always said, if I sleep the night before I pick up my new boat, it's time for me to get out of this business. And I'm still as excited about 47 as I was about 46 in number three. And wow, that's the, I think that's the, I think that's, I think that's what makes fishermen different. I think that's, I think it's just. It's a passion, man. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, and the boat is just as much a, a part of the passion as the fishing is in, in, Something about that sparkly fiberglass just does guys in. I mean, it does. It does, does. Guys. My it wife does. don't get it. She doesn't. She doesn't understand it. But she's only been in the boat with me. We've been married thirty eight years. She's been in a boat with me seven times. You have that on a. You have that number on the top of your head seven times. Seven times. Wow. Seven, she just doesn't have any interest in it. And yeah. It's not that I wouldn't take her or we wouldn't go. But the first time I put her in a boat, it was raining and I had to make a like a nine mile run up a river. Oh, well, and that's so going to ruin her, her life, Todd. Come on. I ruined her. I know. But or maybe I didn't. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, too. <laughs> Depends on how you look at it. Wow. OK, well, that's uh, thanks for all the insight there. And, and um, I think to uh, someone with your experience in the industry uh, from literally being on the sales side and looking at a situation like 2008 and on the finance side and dealing with dealers and, and boats every day. Um, I think that's important to hear from folks uh, or to get out there for folks that are interested in kind of the future here and, and to see what, what exactly is going to kind of kind of happen and just to kind of prepare yourself on, on what you want to do with next year's um, situation. So, um, there are many of the guys that all guys that you would know and guys that you get to watch every weekend, many of those guys, when their boats come up for sale, they'll holler and say, Hey, I got, I'm, I'm turning mine over. Uh, my new one's ordered, find somebody that's interested, take care of it for me. And, and so, yeah, kind of cool. That is really cool. That is really cool. 
Well, let's get into just what does traditional um, bass boat financing look like terms-wise, uh, where are things kind of sitting right now, just out of curiosity, rate-wise? Um, what are what are kind of the, the things someone needs to be prepared and looking at when they're looking to finance a bass boat? Well, get the, the lenders are tightening up at the same time as they're raising rates. And what I mean by tightening up is, is for the past two and a half years, they didn't ask for proof of incomes. They didn't ask for proof of residencies. They didn't ask for, they didn't pay so much attention to what you, your, your, how long you had in your job. Um, so when banks begin to tighten up, they begin to refine their process and ultimately make it more difficult for us and for the, for the buyer. But as long as, as long as our job is to, 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 to navigate and negotiate that process ahead of time for you so that you know what it was so that the, so that the buyer knows what it is that he can expect um, right now rates are up probably three percent in in the past oh I'll say two and a half or three months mm-hmm. um, typical typical a tier but I mean best buy rates are somewhere in that between six and seven now okay um Terms are really funky, and and I, I guess if I could explain it to a bunch of people at one time, I'd like to do that. But but terms are based on the dollar amount borrowed. Okay. So so typically a dollar amount up to twenty five thousand dollars will qualify for ten or twelve year terms. Okay? okay. Yes, yes, that's a long time. You don't have to take that though. Okay, okay. so you can take anything under. So. So, and I'll, I'll expand on that in a second. From okay. twenty-five to 50000 qualifies for 180 months or 15 years. Okay. Same, same programs apply. Over 50000 um, 20 year, 240 months comes into play. Okay. okay? Um, I, I, I cringe every time I see somebody talking about 240-month term on Facebook about you know, go to your, go write a check for it, do this, do that. I mean, why would you want to pay for a boat for 20 years? I've financed every boat that I've ever bought for 15 or 20 years, period, period. And, and have never, not only I turn them over quickly, I get that. Okay. But, but here's what I'd like to, here's what I'd like the folks to, to, to do. If you've got, sit down at your kitchen table with your wife and come up with a budget. Okay. Not a payment budget, a budget. Okay. Jody and I did that with my first boat and said, we could afford to spend this much money on a boat. Okay. I would, the first boat I bought, I think my payment was $180 a month and we budgeted $500 for that boat payment. Okay. I still made that $500 payment because that was what my budget was, but we began to gain equity in those boats as we did that. Sure. Okay. They're simple interest loans. So that anything over my payment, came off with principal. Mm-hmm. Therefore I paid less interest on it. So, so if, if you can, if, if, if the buyer can be very precise on what it is that he, that he, that he, he's going to dedicate to his boat, he can, he, he can negate the interest, whatever the new interest rates are that, that, that period. Cause, cause anytime that you overpay a loan, you blow that bank's or that lending institution's interest schedule up. It, it, it comes apart. It's based on 180 payments once a month for however long or 240 months. The minute that you mess with that, the interest schedule gets blown up. I mean, the rule of thumb is for every 10% that you add to your boat payment, you save yourself 20% in interest and time. In other words, you'll cut your interest overall interest payment down by 20% and you'll you'll diminish the amount of the loan by 20%. So instead of 180 month loan, now you've got 120 month loan or 125 month loan, whatever it works out to. But and your interest rate you're saying also so you're you're reducing that interest rate by 20%. Absolutely. And, and the time frame by 20%. So if you're sure. at 5%, now you're at 4% kind of a situation. So so to, to be honest, you can isolate yourself from the raises in the interest rate that we're seeing right now, almost extent or almost categorically. 
in in and not not feel as much of the hit. Now your payment's not going as far. Or you're not getting as much vote for that same payment that you did three months ago. Sure. But but you if, if you're if you're specific about how you look at it and have a very serious conversation with with your loan processor, yeah, it works. I mean, it it really works. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, and that's an interesting school of thought, and it's something. Uh, that I, I wrestle with too, just with everything, right? When it's like comes to, if you are in a position cash wise, do you spend that cash or do you finance it? Uh, and like my kind of school of thought has always been like, there's good debt and there's bad debt, right? Like good debt, real estate, mm-hmm. things that are going to invest in uh, and grow in equity and there's bad debt. And in my head, that has always been toys, uh, but that has changed, especially with my tournament fishing and things related to that, treating this more like a business and then also other opportunities, right? It's like, okay, if you are in a position, this, I'm not saying this is me, but especially for folks, like there's no secret around the tournament fishing world. There's, there's some folks that have a lot of money. Like yep. to do this to play this game, like it is not a cheap thing to do. No, it's not. And and uh, a lot of business owners, a lot of folks who are very familiar with debt and running businesses and and doing uh, their tournament fishing on the side. And I still come across a lot of guys that are paying um, cash for their boats, and that's how they prefer to do things. And then you see the other side of things on guys financing, and then also uh, treating their, their fishing like a business and having that de- depreciable asset, uh, and, and doing it from a tax perspective. So, uh, I, I think that that's something not talked about enough though, as far as with what you're saying is paying down that payment in advance, you're really reducing your interest rate over time. Um, so makes a lot of sense. Well, it, it, I mean, if God bless the guys that can, can write a check for them, but, but, even at six or seven percent, there's places my cash can work harder. In in, I mean, there's some there's some real opportunities getting ready to come into the, the what there's look, good God, stock market's not going to stay this low forever, but in oh. <laughs> real estate is going to come back down. So so yeah. I, you know I've I've especially going into bad times, I like to sit on cash and. And I, I don't, I'm not trying to give financial advice to anybody, but, sure. but, but thus far it's worked well for me in, in I'm able to, to, I'm able to afford a new boat over here in, in without making my wife crazy. Cause I got these giant boat payments and, and she's seen it. I don't know how many times, well, 47 times and, and, <laughs> and it's worked and we have not gone backwards. And so I don't know. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I do, so I do worry about some of these kids. I mean, some of these kids, I mean, they, uh, oh man. I mean, yes, you can buy, get, get, get a, a, a fully rigged 21 foot boat to hundred grand plus now. And in oh, yeah. $35,000 of its electronics. And I don't know if we've set that bar high enough or too high for those guys or not, but, if I had if I had a piece of advice to give them, a good boat with good electronics doesn't have to be a new boat with new electronics and grow yourself into something. Because I'm not going to lie, they, they get my butt kicked every week by by some kid in a in a 10 year old boat who just right. knows how to use electronics. So, no, I, I've always believed in that school of thought. Um, it's definitely not the boat. The Mesa guy. Uh, I do think there's something to be said about warranties and things Absolutely. that that can come into play on a new boat, but don't put yourself in in a big hole either. Can I can, can I address that warranty thing just a little bit too? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, we all break stuff. I mean, stuff always stuff breaks. And in if you buy a boat and are under the impression it's not going to break, then you need to <laughs> you need to sit down. and do some soul searching because it does. I mean, I just broke my 360. Uh, and it, it's just, it blows me away. To, we ha- I was having this conversation with a friend the other night, and it's just like, if cars broke down as much as boats did, there would be no one driving on the road. Like, no. it is, it is, boats are just a different beast. And it's not like we, I mean, we're bass fishermen, right? We run them hard. Uh, we're running through big waves. We, we do things that aren't exactly 
the the best situation. But my gosh, I don't care if you've got a 2022 brand new boat or a 2005 boat. Like it, things break and it just sucks. And we're, I mean, we are we're hard on them. I mean, and and we demand a lot of them. But but we have put together some pretty good warranty companies. Okay. That'll go out to I've got them that'll go out to ten years old, mm. and they cover they cover motors and they cover equipment, and in the approach that we've always taken with it is yes, it's a profit center, and, and but on the dealer's side of things, the dealers tend to it gives you buy from a dealer, and that it's for them it's a huge profit center. I'd rather make a couple hundred bucks on one, and know a guy's got a warranty. And I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I get I get heat from from so many dealers about what we sell those warranties for. But I don't care. I mean, it's the it's the difference between between a, a six or eight thousand dollar powerhead being the end of a guy's year, or it being a two or three week you know delay. And a really good friend of mine that you'd know that you'd know if I said his name, but I won't. Yeah. I'd ask him one day, I said, what do you, I said, what is our, what's our business? So where do I draw the line? I mean, where do I, where does business in, in, in this industry start? He says, he said, if it's fishing, it's our business, period. He said, so do all you can do to keep the guys fishing and do all you can do to support it. And he was dead nuts on in wow. warranties playing to it. No doubt. That's a cool program to hear about too, because I think that you see too um, another like we're talking about, right? We're talking about the the ability to have some more buying power going into twenty twenty three, and the chance to pick up a boat if you're in a, especially if you're if you're not really feeling necessarily some of the effects of the economy. There's plenty of industries that are booming right now, um, I, and if you are interested in it, getting a deal and. I think that a lot of times you see a lot of boats being sold right at the end of their warranty period, right? Like very common thing, motor warranties coming up within that six month year window, guys are selling to get into the next boat in the next warranty situation. So if there's that ability to give you some more peace of mind and have a, a, a used warranty situation, I think that's a great niche, Todd. I mean, that's a cool, cool one of the, the, I mean, one of the things that we see in the basketball world, is is basketball guys are always going to have a boat and they may delay how long they keep a boat or they may get when things are good they may shorten that but but either way around the the better chance that we can give them to keep that boat that extra year when the times are going crazy that's just good for the industry that's just good for us and and good it turns out being good for the that kid who's trying to fish and work 40 hours and put a kid in the private school. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that all, that all makes sense to me. If it's good for the industry, you're in the business of it. Makes a lot of sense. So do you ever make your way up to Michigan? I have not. I've been to, um, let's see in the Northeast. I've been to Champlain. I have been to uh, the St. Lawrence River, but I have never, to my knowledge, I fished in Minnesota. Um, I've never fished any Michigan waters. I'd love to get on St. Clair. I'd love to get onto some of that stuff, um, but I haven't. That is a, a place uh, um, that I haven't spent much time fishing. Well, you should try to. It's yeah. a fun, it, it, I mean, it really is a fun. We are so blessed. I mean, they're, I mean, it's just that it's a special in the spring and the fall. It is as good as it gets. It is. I mean, have you been to Mexico for bass fishing? Yeah. No. Oh, good God. Salto. You got to try that. Those places. Yeah. You got to try You got to try that. That's is that uh, crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. I got some wow. pretty good stories too. I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> last time, last time we were there, I, my gallbladder blew up. On oh day my seven, gosh. about four thousand feet up a mountain. And oh my gosh! <laughs> so did you have to go to a hospital in Mexico? Oh, yeah, I had emergency surgery in Mazatlan. Oh my gosh! 
My wife was a little nervous. I, I'd imagine. Were you not nervous? I, I was in so much pain. We were literally four hours up a goat path in in the middle of, well, the lake is owned by the cartels. Oh, really? In What lake is this? Uh, Comodero. Okay. And, and, I mean, they treated us wonderfully. And, and guess it was a four-hour trip down the mountain in a van that it was had shocks were 20 years old and they should have been. And, yeah, we had a flat tire. and uh, But we made it down. And it all went well. And nobody got hurt. And I didn't die. Yeah. And I, yeah, and the guy took great, great care of us. And, and but it was still pretty stressful. And oh, wow. Communication's an issue because I don't speak Spanish. And my wife, I, I couldn't talk to her. I was out. And oh, so the guys, gosh. the guys I went with, and we're keeping her in the loop. And but it worked. I got home. I didn't miss my flight. Got home, recouped. Wow. So, so that in that, like, I mean, how does just way out of, I mean, this is way out of line with what we're talking about, but like, how does insurance work out of country? Is that a thing? Oh yeah. Um, yeah, at Blue Cross and Blue Shield. Okay. And, and actually that's a really good part of the story because, because one of the fellows that I went with, uh, he's a dealer here in Michigan, Mitch Gorham, he owns Montcalm Marine yeah. and, and he had, He's, he was the only, he had a cursory or, or knowledge of the Spanish language. I mean, to the third or fourth grade level, probably. And so, so when we got to the hospital, he, uh-huh. he came to me and, and probably more information you need to know, but they, they all call me little buddy. Okay? okay. They're all big guys. And he said, I need your driver's license, your passport and your credit card and your insurance card. And I said, okay. And at that point I was hurting so bad. I didn't care. And he come back and he said, he said, well, they want a hundred thousand pesos before they'll treat you. And it, I, I said, Mitchell, I don't care. I really don't care. I mean, that's like $4,000 American. Yeah. Um, let, let's get this deal dealt with. And, and he come back and he goes, I got an idea though. He said, I think I, think I can negotiate with him. No, he's he negotiating yours about to be surgery. He comes back with a credit card slip for me to sign for 50,000 pesos. <laughs> Cut it in half. Let's go. So I called my credit card company. I said, don't let them charge it unless you talk to me. I mean, that's Mexico. Yeah. And so the, the surgery goes out. Everything goes fine. I mean, we they close out all the paperwork. I get home and... They had they had a subsidiary here in the United States, so that they could bill Blue Cross and Blue Shield. Okay. And, and my wife walks in three weeks after I get home. Walks in, she hands me this piece of paper, and she's got this this I can't believe this look in her eye, and, and it's a bill for for they had paid however many dollars of it, a bill for five digits that we had to pay for that blue cross didn't pay. Wow. So I called, I called Mitchell and I said, I, I said, Hey, I said, I finally got the final bill. And he says, what? He says, no way. He said, fax it to me. So we faxed it to him and we not, didn't talk about it again. And, and I, we, I had some time. So I was kind of letting it, letting it lay And about a week after that, I got a check back from Blue Cross and Blue Shield for $1,800 because Mitchell had called Blue Cross and Blue Shield. <laughs> so, so the whole thing cost me about 1200 bucks. Oh, my gosh. So, so You start doing surgeries in Mexico and have your, your buddy Mitchell represent I, people. I, I don't know if I do that again, but it's a great story. It's a good story. That's fantastic. Wow. That is crazy, Todd. Yep. I can't believe that. And we caught the snot out of him. Oh. I mean, it's. Was it at least towards the end of the trip when you had your gallbladder issue? It was the last day. Okay, perfect. It was the la- I got in the boat. I got in the boat the, the last morning, and I just didn't feel right. And yeah. the guy I was fishing with, we were, we were that morning. We were going to a place we called uh, Jurassic Park. I mean, it just looked like dinosaur country, and giants lived there. Okay, I mean, what a name. And 
God, the first three fish he caught were he caught an eight, eight and a half, and a nine in like the first half hour. And and I I told him I said man I said I just can't I gotta go back and lay down I just I, I, I'm hurting and they took me back and but yes the last day so I missed I missed seven or eight hours of fishing but you know what God we caught snot on them for that so it, yeah I got a wow. scale I got a scale with their best five one day that I got uh, one of the Rapala scales yeah that that I've retired because I don't want to clear it. But we had we had our best five with 58, 58, 13 or something like that. But I mean, it's insane. It's just insane. That's insane. That's yep, not even real. Wow. Yep. Wow. Awesome. Well, Todd, we'll kind of wrap things up here. Okay. Um, to start, how can folks follow along with Rec Lending? Where do they reach out if they're interested? Um, maybe they're talking about a boat right now and are trying to get things lined up to be pre-approved. I mean, how does how does that process work? Well, the web, the website is reclending.com. Okay. And, and all the phone numbers, all the contact information, all that stuff is there. <clears throat> if they've got, even if they don't have a boat picked out, but they want us to do a soft pull and look at what their credit looks like, give them an idea what a boat loan would look like. They sure. could just fill the app out. Once they fill the application out online, someone from here will call them and and do all the verification, all the legal stuff, um, have a conversation with them about what it is they're trying to do, what kind of payment they're looking for, what kind of boat they're wanting to do, want, to, want, want trying to find or what they've got, or they, they'll just, that'll be the, that'll be the, you tell us what it is that you're trying to accomplish conversation. Okay. And from there, we'll either send them shopping or if they've got a boat already, then we'll get it sent to a lender. I, I, I can't emphasize this enough. It is very rare that any of our applications ever go to more than two banks. Okay. I'm hyper protective of everyone's credit. Okay. And everyone here is the exact same way. I demand it. And it, it, we're not here to do damage to anyone. We're not here to hurt anyone. We're here to help them. That's all. So, so all of my folks make it a point to understand what each one of our lenders appetites are for a boat loan, whether it's, you know, how long a guy's been on his job, how long he's been in his house, uh, income he makes, what his credit scores are. They know all that stuff. They kind of put it into a matrix and these are the two best lenders for them. Sure. Economically, the two best lenders for them. Mm -hmm. Once that's done, um, They'll have another conversation with the buyer about what it is that we have, um, what down payments are involved, what terms are available, what the payments would look like, uh, what warranties are available, those kind of things. But at the same time, they're talking to the the, they're going to someone else is going to be having a conversation with the, the guy he's buying from or the dealer he's buying from and and gathering that information that we need from them. Copies of titles, uh, a buyer's order from a dealer, uh, registration copies, um, all those things that that we need to know. Is there a lien on the boat? Um, all of that back behind the scene information. Plus, it introduces us to the fellow that you're buying the boat from in communication communication between all of us. Make sure that the, the entire process goes incredibly smooth. Um our goal in this is to make sure that there's it is little for the for the buyer and the seller to do as we can make possible. We'll do it all for them. Um, we calculate taxes. We do titles. We do uh, registrations. We do all that stuff in wow. each deal. Um, we pay the taxes in each deal. For most states, most states will let us do it. Um, some we've still got to as part of the loan. You're saying? Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, then typically we just we we produce contracts. It's either a, an emailed version of a contract or it's a, a, a DocuSign. And most of the most of the time, three to five days from start to finish, or from start till the time that we were able to move money or 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 dole out funds. Yeah. So so it can happen pretty quick. Every once in a while, we get a panic one where. I got to leave in two days and, and 
we, we can still make those work. You just got to let me know ahead of time so that I can accommodate. Um, gotcha. But I, 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 my folks have come up with probably as smooth a process as this industry's ever seen in terms of getting it done. And no, you're not sitting in front of me. So time and space is still an issue. But but every one of them picks up their time when, or picks up their piece when it's their time and it works. And kind of cool. Kinda That's cool. awesome. That's a cool system. And uh, I'm sure it's been trials and tribulations of, of figuring out that exact route and what, what all that works. But um, I like that concept of, of making it as easy as possible and doing everything on the back end on your side and uh, getting a, a good experience out to the customer. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Todd, um, the last question that I ask every guest that comes on the show, three biggest small mouth, large mouth, spotted bass, where you were when you caught them and what you caught them on. Uh, my largest smallmouth was Lake St. Clair. Oh, yeah. uh, it's a 6'3". Heck yeah. Uh, it was in the fall. Mm-hmm. I think I've had bigger ones on. I just... Awesome. Pardon, pardon my expression, but I get a case of the tight ass with them giants. <laughs> <laughs> I got an 11. I got an 11-pound largemouth, uh, Mexico. Oh, my gosh. Um, That's awesome. Uh, spotted bass. I had a five four. Oh yeah. On Table Rock. Oh, that's awesome. It is. It is spooking eighty foot of water. Oh man! In in missed it about twelve times. Oh, was, jumping over the top of well, it. Just I mean, blowing it three feet out of the water. I mean, yep. My dad was with me when I caught that one. That's awesome, man. Yep. That is awesome. Well, Todd, thank you so much for taking the time out and uh, coming on the show, explaining insurance stuff. One question, last question I did miss uh, when we were talking terms and stuff. What's traditional? Obviously, this probably depends on your credit score, income, all that. But how much should folks be looking at just as a general down payment on a boat? What percentage of that? Industry standards, 10%. Okay. There are lenders that will do that, that have zero down programs but you're going to pay a premium and an interest rate for it. Sure. Right? So, so banks are banks, everything that you, everything that they give you, they're going to charge you for. And, but there are some that, that even if it, even if, even if you, it, they charge you an extra quarter point for no money down, they still have, that, that still, you should st- still look at what it looks like in the matrix and how the payment works out. Cause it might not be a bad thought. And there's others that, that will bonus you, for putting more money down or 20% or for taking less term. So if, if you're, if say for instance, you're approved for 180 months, but you choose 120 months, they'll, they'll bonus you a, a quarter or a third of a point in rates. So they'll reduce that. So sure. typically, typically the way that we'll structure a loan when we send it to a lender is we'll ask for the most amount of money for the longest period of time with the least money down. And they will tell us what it is that they want and what their requirements are. And then when the folks have a conversation with you about what the loan looks like, we plug it all into a matrix and say, by doing this, it changes the payment to that. And, and by, so it's pretty fluid. So if somebody can say, I've got five grand, I want to put down, I'd really like a payment about $300 a month. And I'd really, all those things, by plugging it into the matrix, it, it really, it really lets them get a look at how how a little bit of money or a lot of money changes their what their boat payment looks like, what the finance looks like. So, sure, yep, awesome. Use ten percent as a is a is an industry standard, and know that that's flexible. Okay, got it, got it. All right, well, folks, if you have any questions, um, I will have Rec Lending's website uh, in the description. You're welcome to just click on that link as well. And um, with that. You know, Todd, we'll have to get you back on down the road a little bit here. I'm curious to see kind of what this is. Go fish. That's we exactly need to, what you need just to do. go fish. I mean that sounds better. It's it's fall in Michigan. Michigan. Holy cow, they're chomping. They're chomping. That's what I need. Let's 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 talk about getting to Michigan. That sounds fun. That'll work. Awesome. All right, Todd. Have a good rest of your day, man. I thank you. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Bye. <laughs>
Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Sears Sanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all. And we'll see y'all on the next one.